the rental market in 2023. What are the problems and how can we solve it? Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Kate Faulkner, who is a property analyst, and she's here to talk on the Watkins sofa about her thoughts on the UK property market with regard to rentals. Thanks for joining me today, Kate. Thanks for having me. Um, rental market, you roll the clock back to the early 90s, couple of million people were in private rented sector, now it's 4.4, the nearly one in five people rent. And then all the last few years, landlords have been leaving the rental sector, rents have been going through the roof, everyone's pulling their hair out. Where are we currently in the rental market, both landlords and tenants, and what are the solutions? Talk to me. Okay, I will. So uh, we're in a really bad place. Uh, and um, the reason for that is, and it's quite interesting. So I always use government data where you can. And if you look at the Office of National Statistics data, they've been tracking rents and they have probably the best index to do so, albeit at a very high geographical level. Um, and on average, rents used to go up by about 2% each year, every year. Amazingly, landlords used to get accused at this time of skyrocketing rents, which was just statistically rubbish. Because from 2008 to 2019, they weren't keeping up with inflation, were they? No. Because the average inflation growth over time is around 3% each year. So effectively, landlords should have been patted on the back. And I know that will sort of upset, but to make the point, because it was the one sector where you look at your utility prices, you look at your council tax, um, and actually rents were being kept down lower than inflation, which means that landlords and indeed agents were um, giving themselves a wage cut every single year. What, what, before the pandemic, what affected, how did rents rise? What, what, how did they change? What was the driving force? So basically when they were being remarketed, landlords have this unbelievable view that if you've got a good tenant, um, basically what you do is you hold the rent for them for as long as they live there. And I had, I remember a lady coming up to me, she was in a bit of trouble and she said, um, got this uh, letter she said I've had from HMRC she said uh, and um, I've been renting out a property for 13 years I never increased the rent and apparently I owe tax on it never reported a tax return never increased the rent for 13 years now you imagine you kind of think well that's a lovely thing to do for tenants but nobody ever congratulates or thanks the landlord mm. for doing it you imagine being that tenant you go into that property 13 years ago and you come out and of course rents have skyrocketed because you're still paying 400 quid when everybody else is paying 800 quid. So we don't do what landlords do, and actually agents should be really helpful in this, is they don't just increase the rent every single year by inflation if you can. Now we know that statistically um, rents typically rise in line with wages. Unlike buying a house, your affordability from a rent perspective is purely depends on what's in your back pocket because you have no equity. So as a result of that, we know they, they rise in line with um, wages. But when landlords keep their rent low for five years, the tenant then gets a horrible shock when they go out to the marketplace. But also then the, la the landlord goes, OK, well, I rented it at £700 a month. Uh, but now the market rate is £900 a month, so I'll do £900. So we have two different like measures two of the rental market. Yeah. Two-tier two market. You look at the moment, ONS figures are about 5% year-on-year year up, 
and that's a mixture of mostly existing plus some new lets. But you go to the Zooplar index, for example, and then you're looking at double digits. Definitely. And that's because that's for new lets only. And that is really a reflection of landlords are suit, almost too kind to their tenants, not doing them any favours. But they're storing up the problem for when they do exactly. go. Exactly. But I'll tell you how strongly they feel about it. So when people say online, oh, I'm looking at putting my uh, rents up, then I put on, well, social housing puts their rent up by inflation plus half to 1%. And indeed this year, social rents have been capped at a 7% increase, 7%. Well, actually, according to the ONS, private rents are only going up by five. So the private rental sector typically doesn't rise anywhere near as much as social rents because Landlords decide what to do, not based on a business model of, of inflation. Um, and the result of that is, is that now, because of the mortgage rate increases, and it is unfair on landlords to some extent, they get a monthly increase by the mortgage lender, but they can only increase their rents once a year. So a lot of them, because they haven't been increasing their rents, are in real trouble because their bill's gone up from £500 a month to £600 a month, but they can't put a £200 increase on their tenant, um, and maybe they can flex it as high as 10%, but wages haven't gone qu up quite that much. So they are now really stored up trouble, as you said, both for the tenant and for themselves. And for those that haven't been running their numbers properly, those are the ones that are going to be in, in trouble this year. And of course, if a landlord sells up, who suffers? Typically the tenant unless another landlord takes over. And as you said in a previous video, first time buyers are still at an all time high and they're hoovering them up, aren't they? Well, they, they, could, they could do. We know that we, we're not 100% sure whether it is, it's partly first-time buyers and it's partly other landlords that are coming and buying them. But this is where we have a problem. The government thought it wouldn't matter if landlords sell up. And this is quite a shocking revelation as to how little they understand what's happening on the ground. So they said, well, it won't matter if all of our anti-landlord policies cause landlords to sell up because they'll either sell to a first-time buyer, that will mean take somebody out of the rental sector or they'll sell to another landlord and go on. And I went, well, that's interesting. So let's just take an idea here that the biggest sector, biggest single sector of renters in the private rented sector are people on benefits. What if the landlord who sold has sold because they can't get enough money to cover their costs because the government capped local housing allowance? So they've sold up because they can't make their money they evict, that tenant is evicted as a result. And then the landlord spent a bit of money on that property and they are now set and they're now putting it to private tenants. Where are you supposed to put with the waiting lists at over a million households in this country? Where are you going to put that tenant? Temporary housing? On the streets? You have nowhere to put them. And that was completely missed by everybody. Um, and that's why we're kind of in a, quite a serious mess now, because nobody believed that getting rid of landlords would cause a shortage in the rental market. And it's caused a horrendous shortage in the rental market, which can now only get worse because I'm not sure it's that reversible. Are there any solutions to this? The it one solution I would love. So you've got three ways of putting a roof over your head. OK, so you're in this, you're, you're eligible for a social home. That market is anything from one to one and a half million properties short. The private rented sector, as a result, rents to over, despite being accused of discriminating 
discriminating against um, uh, uh, people on benefit, they house a million. Of, they've housed a million of those households who are on benefit. So it's wrong to say they discriminate. Yes, some will, but the majority don't. Now, what's happened is that we now the government has now created or successive governments because it's happened in Scotland and Wales. So every single party is guilty of this. We now have a shortage in the rental market because buying and selling is a little more balanced at this moment, probably going to tip to um, more into uh, a buyer's market than a seller's market. That'll be OK this year for the moment. But the rental market is now short of properties, particularly if somebody's on local housing allowance. And I don't think government, any MP, whatever colour, realises the mess that they've now caused. And the only real solution is got to do two things. Build a million homes in social uh, in the social sector because actually we haven't got a housing crisis we've got a social homes crisis if the number of social homes that people are owed eligible for had been built then we wouldn't have a problem in the private sector and we've got to break the idea that the private sector is a problem but what i think mps do is they blame the private sector because they don't know how to build those million homes the other solution that they could do is the private sector has done an amazing job at absorbing housing crisis in the social home sector and the one that's been created with affordability in the buying and selling sector. That's now a stop has been put on that by successive governments because again, it's not just these guys, it's not just these guys' fault. And what we should do, I think, is just say, right, let's work with the private sector, private rented sector and landlords to build social homes. So rather than worry about 10,000 homes here and 10,000 homes there, or which, for example, we've done in the build to rent sector, absolutely fantastic, it's great we have a build to rent sector, but that's not solving the social homes problem. If we could take 50,000 landlords a year and get them to build along with their local authority, finding little bits of land here, there, one to two properties a year, we could get ourselves out of this crisis. You'd have a contract with them. They, I think everybody on benefits who rents privately should have the same contract. Make a massive difference to, to um, organisations that support tenants because if that tenant isn't on that social contract or if that tenant has a problem with their landlord, it would be really clear how, to, how it's dealt with. It would save, save the charities a fortune, but better still, or the other part of it you've got to have, DWP has to pay landlords property, properly. And at the moment, it's rubbish. And it does not liaise with landlords enough to be able to sort out the problem. So DWP is causing, causing tenants to be evicted because they won't liaise with the landlord, get them paid the money directly as quickly as they should. And weirdly, it's absolutely fine these days for a tenant that's getting local housing allowance to not pay it onto the landlord. In the past, and this is from a, a lovely lady I learned this from, Julie Ford, they, that used to be fraud. Now it's absolutely fine. And that is a big problem. So we need to work out the payments, have a social contract. There are lots of landlords out there that really want to make a bit of money, not masses. They just want to replace their pension, just like social housing providers. But I think that working with the private sector on a social contract to provide social homes, that that is a way we could move forward and stop beating the private sector up for taking the strain of the failings in the other 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 tenants. Thank you for your time today, Kate.